Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ministry Matters podcast. My name is Rowan, and along with my wife, Jill, we serve as the lead pastors of a three-small-location multi-site church, C3 Camden, Picton, and Thoreau in southwestern Sydney and the Illawarra. On this podcast, Jill and I discuss all matters ministry and share some of the things we've learned and are still learning along the way in our 30-plus years of pastoral ministry experience. It's our particular hope that this podcast will be of help to small church pastors and their teams and encourage you to continue to minister effectively to the wonderful people that God has entrusted into your care. that we express on this podcast are our own and not necessarily those of the church or denomination that we're a part of. We'd love to hear from you if you have any feedback, any comments or suggestions on any topics you'd like us to discuss in future episodes. To find out more about us or our church, check out the show notes for links to all the relevant socials and websites. So without any further ado, let's get into today's conversation. Well, hello, hello, we're back again for another episode of the Ministry Matters podcast. Great to have you with us. And Hello. of course, I am here with the amazing, beautiful Jill, who has changed her shirt between episodes. We had a lunch break in between recording, didn't we? <laughs> we did have a lunch break, and it's a beautiful day here. And, it's a beautiful um, day. We had the door I open. I had to spray some blowflies. You did. Yep. Keeping it real. Keeping it real. <laughs> Warmed up a bit. So I've now got a t shirt on, yep. and um, yeah, want yep. to be comfortable. And yeah, we want to be comfortable. We're sitting on the lounge. So we didn't mm-hmm. mention that last time. <clears throat> we bulk recorded a whole lot for those who are watching on YouTube. We bulk recorded a whole lot of our first seven episodes over on the uh, over on the lounge behind on the dining table, the table behind us. So yep. we decided we'd go a bit more casual and try out our lounge this time around, which is a bit not casual when you've got big microphones in front of you and stuff <laughs> and headphones on. But uh, I'm going to be honest. I feel like it's l- really hard to uh, look to have a good angle. Yes, on angles aren't great, are they? <laughs> on sitting at a lounge. Yep. Even sitting at the table, it was like, oh no, what is it about camera angles? Uh, well, you need space to set up good camera angles. And yeah. of course, in anyway, a small house, you have doesn't matter. Doesn't fine. matter. We've actually got like three cameras set up here: two phones and a, <laughs> and a and a webcam, just to give us a few different angle shots. But that's really just for the YouTube. We're not vain. Well, we probably are, but we're working through it. We're working on it. Yeah, <laughs> we sure are. Well, we are going to continue our conversation from our last episode where we kind of touched on identifying who future we looking leaders. For? Who are we looking who for? Who are we looking for? What, that was what it was called. I was jotting it into the notes and I was identifying leaders and that's not what Jill said. Who are we looking for? And so we we sort of spoke generally about that in the last episode. So if you haven't heard the last one, you might want to go back and listen to that because this will build on the back of uh, the previous episode. Who are we looking for? What kind of things are we looking for when we what are wanting to uh, – when we're wanting to raise a leader, uh, add someone to a team. Yep. What else? Yeah, all the, all those things. Yeah, build people in. I mean, we're thinking about building 
I guess it's not just in this context, probably it's more specific, not just to adding people to your team, although the principles apply, but it's more about that nev- another level of developing the leaders around you, whatever yeah. level of leadership you're at. John Maxwell has a, his famous book was Developing the Leader Within You, but then he, my, mm-hmm. my personal favourite book of his is Developing the Leaders Around You, which is more around as a leader, once you've worked on your own, your, once you're working on your own leadership development, it's about developing leadership gifts in other people. So uh, what we want to do well, as leaders, we don't want to just be developing followers. We want to try to develop leaders who will lead people who will lead leaders and so on to keep uh, the, the pattern going. I mean, Paul, right. Paul says to Timothy, I think it is, you know, what I've, what you've received from me mm-hmm. and trust into the hands of others who will develop others. So it's that generational mindset. And so last time we talked, really, after talking about it generally, we talked about some tips and tricks for developing and raising, starting to identify and even begin the, the, the development of, um, you know, young millennials, Gen Zs, those those in their, you know, late teens, 20s, early mm-hmm. 30s kind of thing. So for this episode, we're going to carry on, but we, we might flip to the other end of the spectrum a little bit and talk about our culture and the culture in the West. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the things, you you know, you've identified and chatted with us quite a lot about lately is is the value in the older generation. Yeah, uh, that's right. Those that are, you know, in their 60s and 70s and even 80s, yeah. Yeah, I, it's probably something I've picked up a bit with being intentionally more curious and aware of other cultures and other more, uh, you know, and, and trying to be have more diversity, more understand, more outside my own bubble, outside my own world worldview. And uh, I've been doing that you know, ongoing uh, for a little while now and I've read lots of books, lots of biographies and lots of books on history and lots of books on global issues and current issues and et cetera on, and, you know, just people with lived experience as well. And, and I think one of the things I notice about that's different about um, the West is we, you know, we do value beautiful, young, talented, um, you know, the... the uh, you know, kind of having it together kind of thing. I think that's even probably infiltrated the church largely. You see a lot of the promotional stuff in church life has always been, oh, you got need, need you have young, beautiful people up there. But mm. yeah, while we want to stay young and fresh, we talked about in the last episode, that's probably at times gone a bit too far, hasn't it? And it's it's um, made others, who, the less beautiful of us, think, well, we can, not you, of course, you're, you're amazingly <laughs> beautiful. I mean, you fit in any brochure, but, no, but me, really. uh, you know, uh, it, it makes makes us think, well, where's there a place for us if it's only just the young, vibrant people on stage or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, there has to be a place. There has to be some value in in those that have uh, got a few more yeah, years under their belt. I think sometimes it's a bit plastic, to be honest, and I think we're a little bit uh, we're a bit weird. A lot of people are quite you know, becoming quite weary of it. That's my sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is actually. Even, if even you look with at the, fashion stuff that would be yeah. the case, wouldn't it? Yeah, and even if you look at the bookshops and look at what's what sort of you know, trending at the library or at the bookstores or it's interesting we're starting to, you know, I think there's more more openness, more interest in what are, how, how are they, you know, thinking outside the, the norm in this. And uh, I think you, you know, we only have to look, we have to look at, don't have to look very, don't have to look very far in the Bible for, for this, you know, you see in the life of Jesus and the way he worked with people, the way he worked with team, the way he, he, he called people to be his, his disciples, his followers, his disciples, and then he, you know, uh, made, you know, they've been called the 12 and how he related to them. And they were extremely diverse people. There was young people, there was uh, older people, there was wealthy people, there was 
you know, people who were people of reputation at the time, there were different people from different ethnicities and all sorts of different socioeconomic backgrounds and uh, educated, uneducated. I, and I love that. I just love that about being a Christian. I think anyone, anyone, when we say who are we looking for, all of the above. Yes. Anyone. God is into diversity. Anyone, you know, and I look back at my own life and think, well, I would not have thought that I would be able to be someone who was a person in ministry. I didn't think I had well, have what it takes. I'm an introvert. I'm a female. I'm, I come from a country town. I'm not highly educated. You know, I could go off and list all the things that discount me and for many years I did. And mm. I thought, well, you know, I don't have this, I don't have that, I don't play the piano, I don't sing, I'm not a, I'm not a teacher, I'm not, you know, this is the things I thought that you had to have in the church. Uh, I'm not a cleric, that was the thing at the time. Yep, very much so. And, you know, there's all of these uh, things where we can easily go, oh, well, I, I, I don't have that. Or if we're looking at others, we can think, well, they don't have whatever it is that we think you have to have. But I've realised that if you have a heart and if you're hungry, if you're curious if you're humble and open and want to learn, God, God will use anyone. Well, that sounds like First Corinthians 2. Paul says uh, God has chosen the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. He says, you know, the, the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things God delights in. And as mm-hmm. leaders, it's incumbent upon us to look beyond the surface. As we said in the last episode, you know, God looked... Uh, sorry, God said to Samuel, "Don't look at the outward mm-hmm. appearance. Look, un- look, yep. un- look beneath the surface. I don't see things the way you do." God said to him, and I think as leaders, it's incumbent on us seeing raw talent, seeing 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 a rawness. It might mm-hmm. not look polished, mm-hmm. you know, but there's a diamond in the rough That's in all right. of us. Well, there. What, what's his name? The dad had all the sons lined up. Yeah, um, Jesse had Jesse, all. Yeah. All his sons lined up, and and uh, it's like you know, Samuel was like, "Well, no, it's none of these. It's none of these," and they're like, "Oh, what?" You know, is there another one? Oh, what you mean, David? Down you there mean by the, the one sheep. out there by the sheep? He hasn't got much going for him. That's right. And uh, and and you know, God doesn't just look at outside exterior. No. He doesn't choose um, exactly what that scripture you just said. He chooses. The you know, I, I love that about the the uh, nativity story. Mary and Joseph couldn't get more like people next door, kind of average people, <laughs> Averageville, <laughs> Averageville people from uh, from Nazareth. Yep. There was nothing special about that. I gotta tell you a joke. I saw it on a meme yesterday. Yep. So Mary had baby Jesus, yeah? Mm. And Jesus is the Lamb of God. Mm. So you could say Mary had a little lamb. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. That's is that yeah. an okay dad it's not joke? Your worst. Not my worst. <laughs> <laughs> saw it come up on a meme. Yeah, you're still you're still in that post Father's Day joke. Post Father's Day dad joke, and it's well, <laughs> well until into October now. Yeah, anyway. And uh, yeah, and then and then when with that story, I was just thinking as well about the fact that look who's involved. Look who comes to the manger. We've got the the wise people from the you know yep. men from from the east who are like come on wealthy royalty kings. They're like the they're, they're like the the top. Maybe not kings, but well, but wealthy people, influential wealthy, people, influential people, <coughs> people of means, people yep. who you would not have expected to pop in and visit a little. That's correct. Lowly. <laughs> you can you can, you can you can debunk me if I'm saying things. Yeah, that's here. right. I'll just name manger, you, so far so good. Except right? for the king's is manger, deal? right? Sometimes we get things wrong in the nativity yeah, story. That's all right. We get lots of things well, wrong in the nativity Jesus story. But that's a different podcast, folks. That's the the Bible. <laughs> Wait, what podcast? That's not this one. We'll overlook some heresy for the we point of making heresy. a point. And uh, and you know, and then there's the shepherds. You know, they have this angelic visitation. 
and uh, there they are, just they're ordinary, the ordinary, they're ordinary people. people. Yeah, and an angel decides to, you know, that God decides to send angels. I love the fact that God it inspires me, and you know, for a long time I wrestle with I'm like you. I mean, maybe in different ways, but you know, I wrestle with I I haven't got what it takes. I'm not enough, and maybe it's just partly getting old, but maybe it's partly the revelation of God where I go. Hey, I don't need to be some super person. Mm. I just just need to be available and willing to be used by God. And, and I'm not looking for limelight and pros, you know, and pr- praise and accolades. In fact, the longer I've gone on in ministry, the more I've realised that's probably more headaches than it's worth. Um, <laughs> you know, if God wants you to have limelight and accolades, will He have to grace you for it? But but really, I'm just much more comfortable. And I would encourage our listeners, mm. you know, wherever you are, just be you. Mm-hmm. And know that if you if you do what God has called you to do, don't compare yourself with others. Don't don't make sure you stay in your lane. Stay faithful to what God's called you to do. See in others that hey, they don't have to be in your lane. They can be in their lane. Your job as a leader is to find them, equip them, release them into their lane, mm-hmm. and and be okay with that. We don't have to. We don't. We've measured success not necessarily the right way. Mm-hmm. Success is being faithful with whatever you're entrusted with. You know, I often say that, you know, the parable of the talents, the dude with one talent, if he had just got two talents, the Lord would have said, well done, good and faithful servant. The issue wasn't that he just didn't, wasn't faithful with what he had. So some people are 10, some are five, some are two, some are one or whatever, but that's okay. Be comfortable being a one talent person and go, I'm just going to, just going to steward what I've got. And, and that applies to all areas of life for ourselves. And then those that we're trying to identify, what did you say? What do we call this podcast episode? The who, who, who are we looking who for? Who are we looking for? We're looking for ordinary people mm-hmm. who are prepared to have a crack mm-hmm. and just just give it a go. I've said that Margaret <clears throat> Margaret Mead quote a few times lately uh, during our services over the mission uh, season um, we've just had. We've talked about local mission and global mission and community and all those sort of things. And uh, there's this quote uh, by a lady called Margaret Mead and it's, don't ever underestimate. I don't ever. It's, um, I could get it a little bit wrong, but don't ever underestimate the power of a small group of people, uh, motivated, in, um, inspired group of people to, to change, change the, the world. world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. Yes, you know that, and and that's why I'm happy for us to be grassroots. I'm yep. happy for. I'd rather us be grassroots. I'd rather us be nimble, be able to be in. Um, you know, this is nothing wrong with being being big. I'm not saying it's only good to be grassroots, but it's but there's nothing wrong with being small. No. Nothing wrong with being grassroots and being yep. able to go. You know what? Like did this at they did this at the Picton Church recently. Do you know what? Let's just get a group of people together and you know go up to the local school and do a working bee on the Saturday. Like you know, they're, nimble, they're grassroots enough that you can get in and change. You are. It might not be the big thing on the front page of the paper, and there will be some people who are used to do things that will be yeah, on the front page of the paper. Yeah, that's wonderful, but that's not the only measure of success. <laughs> I think that's the key. You know, we're trying to pitch this podcast towards leaders and teams of small and mid-sized churches mm. and there's a lot of narrative out there that makes us think that we haven't got what it takes or, you know, grow, grow, grow. And I'm all for growth and I'm all for stretching and developing and if God brings more people, it's not, not like we can sit back on our laurels and go, well, that's all we are. But we have to be true to who we are and go, if this is where we're at, this is okay. Jonathan Kelly famously mm-hmm. says healthy things, you know, healthy, th- healthy things grow to their healthy optimum size. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people have got a gift in them. I don't, I don't think I've got a gift to have a single church of a thousand people, even if I wanted to, um, you know, and you probably would say the same thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we have three small churches, which adds up to a mid-sized church, but it, it has dynamics with it. But 
um, I think the thing is being comfortable with this is who I am. This is what I'm called to do. I'm going to be all right in that. And then I'm going to empower others to be okay with what they're called to do. So mm-hmm. well, let's, let's kind of shift to part two. We talked last mm-hmm. episode about the, the younger generation. Let's, let's talk about this, this older, those in the older generation, how they can be effective. You sort of said there, you know, that you've noticed the difference in other cultures and how they honour their elders. Maybe we haven't done that as effectively in our culture. How, how can we shift that in the church and what are the benefits of doing so? Yeah, I've noticed in recent times that uh, just the benefit, just 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 the fruitfulness, just the blessing uh, of of older people and what they and what they bring, and it's really I think scales have fallen from my eyes. I've really become more and more aware of the of uh, the fact that sometimes we 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 don't um, you know we look at someone's age and we think that we we make an assumption maybe that they wouldn't be relevant or they wouldn't be interested or they wouldn't be or they wouldn't have the capacity to be involved or and, and things like that I think the thing is that um, they have so much experience they have wisdom and uh, you know and they, they are just wonderful to have among among us and I think that not that it has to be this but I do think that uh, all of us are you know all of us crave uh, to be loved and to be known and many, many people uh, uh, really would benefit um, and, and, and be blessed by uh, people to be fatherly and motherly towards them if that hasn't been their own experience. Not in a, you know, it doesn't have to be in an intense way of calling them mother and father. I'm just, not talking just about that. Just to care that, and just that yeah. uh, um, wisened care. Exactly. I know that in my own life, you know, I lost... My mum, when I was only young, I was only 33 and I'm really grateful. I haven't had one woman who's been like a spiritual mum mentor type thing, but I've had a lot of different women over the years who I've really appreciated uh, being able to get motherly wisdom from, some love, some TLC, some encouragement. I've needed encouragement in my own in ministry areas, but also in really practical things such as, you know, just everyday stuff. And uh, they bring wisdom and experience. They've walked the walk. They've know they know some things. And mm. uh, you know, I heard Nikki Gumble speaking about this the other day in an interview with Pastor Phil Pringle. Oh, brilliant! If you haven't listened to that episode on Pastor great. Phil's podcast on the C three Global website, C uh, three Global podcast, C three Church Global podcast, mm. that's how you'll find it. It's superb. Yeah, and I think he was saying something around the idea of. Uh, of, of church planters or people running people who we might be looking for to you know run um, start a new location start or, locations yep. and things and that you know we might have in mind oh it's got to be you know someone young and energetic and vibrant and etc but he was saying you know what some of our older people are our best asset and they they might we might think well they might they you know they want to retire they want to slow down they wouldn't want to do that. But, uh, he said some do. Some and that's do. Totally fine. That's but not right. all do. But some yeah. actually want to be active. Mm. And you know, he was saying that sometimes people come to the end of their their career and they, you know, their retirement is really just the end. And this would be the, certainly the case in other cultures, the end of their their money making. But that doesn't mean that's the end of a fruitful life. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I think there's quite a few older people around that we've known that have become quite frustrated in their retirement years because they think they've been put out to pasture. And they think that they've become irrelevant and they feel like quite frustrated in that. And uh, it's wonderful to have their, their input 
their, you know, and to have them active in the life of our our churches. Agreed. Yeah. So giving them. So so how do we do that? How do we find out who among our retirees in our church might be just happy to have space? I mean, we've got some wonderful active seniors in our church who are involved in church life, but they also still like to travel and do the grey nomad thing and all that kind of stuff. For those that I don't know if they have it in New Zealand and other parts of the world, but grey nomads are the love to travel with a caravan around Australia and yeah. give them space to do that. But also too, that doesn't mean that they don't want to be involved. And even when they're away, they're praying and supporting. So, so how do how do we? I guess I'm I'm just thinking this through. Is the first conversation is just to probably not that different to what we said about the younger ones. Mm. It's just have an initial conversation and say, what are you passionate about? And is there a way we can, um, you know a way we can mm-hmm. make you feel useful. Yeah, and like we talked about with the younger generation, it's intentionality around inviting them to the table and asking them for their, their perspectives. Sometimes they've got a whole lot of things they'd love to say but they think I'm not going to say anything because right. no one's asked me. And when we ask them, you know, they love to, to have the opportunity to share their their thoughts, their feedback and I think it's invaluable. I wonder if it's a generational thing. I, I've... We all, especially those of us that are in the Gen Xs, which is probably the majority of church leaders today are in the Gen X category. It's just there are definitely younger ones and there's the odd one that's probably, I don't think there's too many boomers still in church leadership, but there's a few around, but most of us would be Gen Xs. I wonder if we just, it's a human nature thing, not just our generational thing to intuitively only view the perspective that we've grown up with. So we devalue Mm. younger people and we devalue older people. And if we can truly become intergenerational and value older people and value their wisdom and their experience and help them to understand that, you know, just because you've always done it that way doesn't make it right. They need to also, in the same way we need young people to be able to learn from older people, we probably need to help older people to realise, you know, back in your day was great, but there are some things that are done differently now. Society has changed. You can't, you're not going to be beneficial to the community if you, if you keep going, oh, back in my day, this is how we did it, whether it was right or wrong, we need to help people to embrace the younger generation. Mm. I can think of a few older people who are very, very active in our churches um, at at engaging younger people and having and, and having them in their world. And I think that's a huge benefit, isn't it? Yeah, and that, that was actually one of the things I was thinking of is, it, you know, I think it's probably it's important to if we're going to have them uh, you know, if we're going to hear from them, if we're going to invite them in to, to you know, let them know that we, we do encourage, the we are encouraging the younger generations and we always need to because we were all, you know, we, we need to keep encouraging the younger generations because they're the ones who... who are, Ultimately will have more time to carry it on. Well, well that's how we <coughs> that's how we carry on the message of the gospel from generation to generation. So we need to, we, we can't let it stop with us. So we have to be intentional about that. And so probably modelling that maybe around them and, uh, you know, again, being a little bit mindful of language. So if we did get them to pray something from the front or to say something publicly or to say something and they let, you know, maybe prompt them a little bit to say this is the kind of things that the young people would love. They love you to encourage them. They don't want you to, you know, we don't want, don't we want, want to be pulling on people generation. up on what they wear or we don't want you to be pulling people up on stuff. That's not what we're about. Because that you know we've seen that, haven't we? Um, yeah, yes. and so yeah. it's a little bit uh, going. Well, you know, we you know we we think you've got so much to contribute, and the young we want the generation. The I remember generation I'm thinking of a situation encouraged. where it was an older person that made a comment about uh, to you about one of the young people and what they were wearing, mm. and it was so minor, and and uh, probably was a big deal in that person's generational day. It was just 
print on their shirt or something. Wasn't yeah, it? just a t-shirt, t-shirt, like a band on a t-shirt. Yeah, exactly. But you, you basically, your your view was, I'm just glad they're in church. I'm just glad they're here. You know, and so I think that is one of those things you're talking about is being able to coach them. You got wisdom, but yeah. also stay humble as well because what worked in your generation doesn't work. And I think for yeah. me, I need to be thinking about that. I feel like I'm out of touch with the with the Gen Zs, mm. and I've got. Gen Z kids, and I still feel like I'm out of touch. So yeah, pulling them up on their appearance, yes. <laughs> our younger ones, we will not be having that. So I, no. I yeah, I said to this guy very, um, you know, pleasantly, but I just said, you know what, uh, we, I'm just grateful to have young people here. I'm not going to be talking to them about what, what's on their t-shirt, yeah. you know, and uh, you know, obviously, that was someone who probably you know, wasn't really open for a lot of discussion anyway. But if that was going to be someone who we worked with ongoing, yes. I'd have more. We'd, have, you know, we'd, we'd talk mm. more about that sort of stuff about yeah. and help them to realise, uh, you know, to, like like we've talked about before about staying curious and not being. Um, yes, curious and not conclusive. Not being conclusive. I think that this is the thing, one of the things about as we get older, we get more and more conclusive. We think we draw conclusions and that's probably fairly normal part of uh, maturing and ageing. We're finding that. I think we're deciding what we're about and that's that's not a bad thing. But it is also good to, you know, we don't want to be stiff-necked. Jesus talked about to the, to the about the Pharisees all the time at going, you know, open your eyes. There's all this stuff about what's being, things being revealed to you and greater revelation and greater greater depths of, um, of uh, yeah, revelation and knowledge of God's love and greater understanding. And, and that's the thing about the Christian life is there's always more that God wants to open us up to. There's more levels of, of uh, things he wants to show yeah. us, of things he, he wants to reveal to us in his word. He wants to work he wants to do in our hearts and our souls and our minds. And so I think if we lean into that and say, Lord, you know, we want to be of your, we want to be led by your spirit, show us. And I think encouragement, you know, in, encouraging the old, uh, the older generation, giving them lots of encouragement and, and thank, you know, thanking mm-hmm. them for what they've, they've done, acknowledging the things that they've done, being grateful to them and then, you know, encouraging them that we want you to have a place at the table, we want to hear from you and let's be intentional, letting them know what let's be intentional about encouraging the younger generation because often older, this is one of the issues that we hear is that older people, if younger people feel criticised by older people. Mm. They feel, um, you know, it's probably Look one down of, on, yeah. Yeah, it's probably one of the things that is... You, you see the difference. You see the difference with uh, even even with us, with our our kids and our our grandkids. It's like you know we are old, like you said. We don't keep up with the lingo and all of that. That doesn't. I don't think they care about that stuff. They don't want us to try and be trendy and cool. But they they definitely will sense if they um, if they are being judged or if yeah. they're being embraced and encouraged. And if they're being being embraced and encouraged, uh, the, what we said in the last episode about authenticity comes to the fore. Uh, yeah, they don't mind if you, you're old-fashioned and you say funny things <laughs> and, you you know, you look different to how they'd expect that. That doesn't matter. Mm. But a person who's believed in, uh, a pers- a young person who feels believed in, prayed for, encouraged, uh, embraced, welcomed into their world, that's a huge thing to do. So we we want to, on one hand here, we want to help older older people to know you've, you're not past it, you're not out to pasture. There's still, even if you are retired and you don't want to be massively involved, there's, there's still wisdom you bring there and help them and release them in that to the degree that, that they want to be and also making sure that there is that culture of training them around 
what really matters. And so probably as a leader, as a pastor, you need to set some some clear guidelines around that because mm-hmm. there will be some pushback in, mm-hmm. in some older people around that. And that's, that's just understandable. I, I've heard people say, well, you know, if I'm 70 now, I'm not going to change my mind on things. And that's probably okay. That, that little bit, like you said, we, we do get set, but we need to understand that while you don't need to change your mind, don't become critical or cynical about people who have a different perspective on things mm-hmm. because society is very different. We understand sociologically that our young people are dealing in a different world with different problems to what we had when we were kids in the 80s or when, you know, boomers had when they were kids in the 60s. <clears throat> and so we need to just encourage our older people to go, you got value to add. But I think the number one thing you can add to the table is you can believe in young people. Mm. You don't be cynical. You, you believe in them. You encourage them. Well, look at examples like you know, Paul and Timothy and, you know, and Mary and Elizabeth are just ones that I thought of of, of different, we're different generations mm, where, mm. Uh, you know, the older generation there is, you know, in, is directing, is, sorry, is encouraging the younger generation and that younger gen- person in the younger generation is is so, that they, they, the tra- trajectory of their life is totally uh, impacted and changed because of the influence of this older person. Yeah, directing, guiding, encouraging, well, so even much before, encouragement. Even before Paul, Paul says to Timothy, "I am persuaded of the faith that lives mm. in your mother right. Lois and your grandmother. You no grandfather there. Mm, that's right. So you know, you're no father or grandfather there. But there was a generational thing that was developed, wasn't there? Yeah, and young Mary who needed some, you know, was alone and walking out, walking out this walk of knowing that God had done this incredible thing. She needed an Elizabeth. She needed someone to encourage her and God sent her to Elizabeth, mm. her, you know, her older cousin. And, uh, and you know, that that didn't matter that there was a different generation. This is one of the things that I think, you know, we often have in smaller churches. We can see it as a, as a, oh, you know, I wish we were big enough that we could have all these different groups, like a group for seniors and a group for this and that and young people. And, and you know, while those things are great, it's actually uh, – you know, to be able to have um, intergenerational model is there's something to be said for that. Yeah, rather than than having you know too much. Sometimes we can be too siloed, mm. and we can miss that opportunity. That is the downside of generational departmental style pastoral ministry is that it becomes siloed, and that actually can perpetuate this whole thing of oh the oldies look down on the youngies and the youngies look down on the oldies and so on. Whereas if we can have a more of a, a cross generational approach, mm. we can see that there are strengths that we all bring to the table that we can actually leverage off other people's strengths and we can learn That's from their right. strengths. Yeah, well, imagine if Mary was only in a, a group, only, only you know, her, her culture or her context was only that she could be in a group with people her age. That wouldn't imagine have worked. how outcast she would be. Good that call. wouldn't have worked. No. She, she needed an Elizabeth. She needed someone from, you know, she needed someone who obviously Elizabeth was called of God for that moment as well and, and uh, you know, and it's case by case but it's it's there's something wonderful about about sure. that you know i come from a small country town of i've said before of 300 people where you know my my mum's best friends family and sorry yeah best friends and uh people who you know were like extended family were people of all different ages because it was such a small town you just were friends with everyone you know i didn't really have any i didn't have any girl my age in that whole town mm. uh once like in primary school, I did people for, came in from the farms and things, but you know, not in the actual town itself. I didn't have one single girl my age, so I was friends with people of all different ages, and I was friends with my cousins who were older, and I hung out with, you know, and uh, and that's kind of um, 
there's, of, there's that's, a, that's how there's some a of beauty this... in that though. There's something that you you become a bigger person by by expanding outside your world. Mm. Well, I guess as we as we sum it up, here's a couple of thoughts. If you're an older person listening to this podcast and you still feel like you've got something in you, uh, and maybe you feel like you're not, uh, not you know you're not being used or you're not being you're not being valued. Rather than jump to the conclusion that they're not valuing you or your leader or your pastor isn't valuing you, maybe start with a conversation because it's quite possible that your pastor, your leader is thinking, uh, oh, I don't want to bother them, they're retired or whatever. And Or maybe they're looking for some kind of you know, higher level commitment than you're able to give because you're going to be traveling, you, you know, you're looking after your grandkids or great grandkids or whatever the case might be. But I think having that conversation and just saying, well, you know, is there a, is there a place for me? <coughs> Being open to that. Yeah, I think it's, it's good important. to not, not assume. Not make assumptions. Mm. And same goes for us, the pastors, is when we're thinking about an older generation, don't just assume that, but let's look around and go, uh, there is, there's a wisdom and an experience of life that uh, that older generation can bring to the, to the life of the church. They might not be out there setting up your chairs and doing all that kind of stuff, but there's still a tremendous value. I'm thinking about some of the people we have where I know that I can just contact them you know, and say, would you pray about the situation or um, would you have a chat with this, you know, younger guy who's going through a tough time right now? And just yeah. to have someone who's got a bit of availability, maybe they're not even on the pastoral team, they're not doing it all the time, but they're available just to to have a conversation and that can be tremendously valuable, can't it? Yeah, yeah. don't discount your age. Uh, you know, we met a wonderful uh, couple recently who were pastors and the, the husband was telling us he was ordained when he was 60. Oh, what an amazing story and, that was. And uh, I, I thought, you know, I, I'd, I'd love to see more of that. Yeah. I'd love to see more people in that stage of their life going, you know, I I can spend the next – they were – I don't know how old they are now, maybe. I don't know. I'm not sure. We won't name you, but you know who you are. I mean, this particular lady sends me a Facebook message every day since we met her. She's not part of our movement, just visiting a different church and obviously oh, I'd be happy to name you but I don't want to do that without, without permission. But thank you. I mean, she's praying for us. She met us once on a ministry weekend. We were there, and she's praying for us every day, and bring us before the Lord. Yeah, we've talked about our friend Mari, who started yep. a new ministry when she was 70. 70. and, and uh, ran it for forty years until field she passed away last year. Yeah. yeah. So you know, you're not you're not past. She inspires it. me. Yeah, you're not past you're not past it. So wherever you find yourself, you're at that mm-hmm. point. And yep. young people who are listening to this podcast, you probably already want the value in those older. In, you see it, but if I can encourage you to look past what you think is old fashioned, and just go and seek out, just say, "Hey, could I have a coffee with you? Could I, mm. could I um, come to your place and have a cup of tea? You know, uh, maybe some scones and sandwiches or something. You know, mm. but just it would mean a lot to the older people, but also too, it would be beneficial to you to just find an older person in your world who you could learn from. Mm. It doesn't even have to be. Maybe they're not being experienced in ministry, but just in life. And I, I think, I think that that. It's going to, that, that breaking down of generational barriers will happen mm. one conversation at a time. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's the heart of God, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. let's finish there. All right, that's Jill telling us to wrap it up. So we'll talk to you on next week's episode. Yeah. Thanks for being with us Thank today. Thank Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ministry Matters podcast. Hey, if this podcast has been an encouragement to you or you think it could be to others, we'd be so grateful if you'd share it with your friends on the socials. So before you head back into your day, if you could take a moment to like our Facebook and Instagram pages and share them with your friends, that would be awesome. You can find us by searching at Ministry Matters Podcast, all one word. And one last thing that just helps the podcast algorithm to work for us, we'd really appreciate it if you could take a minute to rate and review our podcast. 
Be sure to click that follow button wherever you listen to your podcasts so every new episode will be loaded straight to your device. For those of you watching on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button and ring the bell so you know when a new episode drops. All the links you need are in the show notes. So thanks so much for being with us today and we look forward to talking to you in the next episode.